This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, September 6th. I'm Julia Caulfield. And I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, California man dies in San Miguel River. County moves to shutter its jail. 30 years of bookbinding. And a mountain weather forecast. But first, a correction. In Friday's newscast, we misstated the amount of the Telluride School District's bond measure. The school district will be going to the voters this November, requesting $31.8 million in funding. A 61-year-old California man died in the San Miguel River in Telluride this week. Yesterday morning around 7.15, our officers were dispatched um, for the report of a missing person. While they were taking that report, we received a second call um, of a possible deceased male um, in the river. That's Telluride Chief Marshal Josh Compt. Andrew Hignite was found dead in the San Miguel River just west of Aspen Street on Tuesday morning. Comp says the case is still under investigation by the Marshal's Department and the San Miguel County Coroner's Office. Upon our initial arrival, we make our an initial assessment. We talked to witnesses that were around there that you know that located the, this gentleman, um, and then we we'll, we'll kind of canvas the area, look for any, anything else that may be out of the ordinary, suspicious, and then the deceased is turned over to the coroner and he'll conduct his own investigation as to the manner and cause of death. However, Comp notes they do not suspect foul play. Initial assessments that there was no foul play suspected in this. Um, so I do want to assure the public that this there's there wasn't somebody else out there that we're looking for, and the, there's no safety or, or danger to the public. According to the coroner's office, Hignite had been a visitor to Telluride since he was a child in the 70s. Comp shares his remorse for Hignite's family. Our thoughts go out to the this individual's family and um you know, I know they're asking for their privacy while they while they grieve and, and work through this time. Ignite is survived by his brother, Danny, his mother, Billy, and his wife, Michelle. In nearly 50 years on the job, San Miguel County Sheriff Bill Masters has seen a lot. This week, at a meeting of the county commissioners, he recalls a time when the county prison was practically overflowing. In just one of the prison's boarding rooms, Master says, We used to have temporary cots in there as well because our inmate population was more than 16 in that one pot, uh, and we still had two other pots. The time of temporary cots is over. While the county used to house some three dozen inmates, that number is currently down to one. The change is largely due to reforms passed by state lawmakers over the years. The vast majority of people who are arrested now spend very little time in jail awaiting a court date. They are typically seen by a judge immediately and then released while they await further legal action. As inmates have dwindled and the sheriff's office struggles to maintain full staffing, Masters came before the county commissioners to ask if his office could shutter the San Miguel County Jail and instead transport all inmates to the facility in Montrose County. Between money saved and reducing burdens on his staff, Masters sees lots of benefits, but he does concede. The uh, difficult part is that we're going to have to transport those people more. We're going to be taking those people away from the the community if they are community members and their possible support network that might be here. Beyond the inmates themselves, the decision could impact local police departments. Norwood, Mountain Village, and Telluride all transport arrested individuals to the San Miguel County Jail, which is located in Ilium. 
Local police don't necessarily have the bandwidth to transport inmates all the way to Montrose, but assures Masters. We're taking care of that by saying you can drop your prisoners off at our facility and we will take care, care of them from that point. And we're just housing them in a different location long term. Thus, Masters doesn't foresee any impact on area police departments. The commissioners decided to move forward with the plan and will continue to negotiate a contract with Montrose County to house its inmates. San Miguel County Undersheriff Dan Kovalt adds the agreement with Montrose County will be an initial one. And they understand that we are doing this on a trial basis to see what, if any, benefits we can receive out of it on both sides. And they are in complete uh, cooperation with us pulling out at any time. An event such as the Norwood homicides, when the county had to house five inmates over a period of three years, could dramatically increase the county's inmate population. In that scenario, the county could again have to shift its strategies. So what I'm doing is doing the tone ends, which is the cutout, and it's actually a piece of paper that folds to the inside of the book. So when you open a hardcover book, you can sometimes see little bits of paper. Eli uh, Ball is closing in on the final touches of a book he spent the last two weeks painstakingly constructing. Ball is a student at the American Academy of Bookbinding, and over the last couple years, he's been coming from his home in St. Louis to learn the craft of bookbinding at the AAB studio here in Telluride. When I uh, tell my friends about it, they're like, you're like pilgrimaging to like a monastery to make books or something. And it kind of feels like that a little bit. You know, you're, you're trekking over here, you're staying in a beautiful mountain-filled town, and um, you get to make books, and you get to do it for two weeks, really just focus on it, and, you know, it is a little bit like a meditation almost. Further down the workbench, Bonnie Thompson-Norman is also a bookbinding pilgrim. She hails from Seattle. Why come to Telluride to learn the craft? Norman says the school trains the best of the best. The graduates of this program are producing books at the highest level of art. They come at it with a sense of design and a sense of accomplishment, and people make paper, and people create leather for the binding of books, or people create decorative papers in the bind- that can be used in the binding of books. I mean, I think all of those are really elevated crafts. Peter Garrity, a longtime teacher at the AAB, puts it as such. When you think about reading a book, you might think about curling up on the sofa with a cup of coffee. The books that people here produce, they demand a different approach, and anyone can see that when they see the book. They realize this is not a cup of coffee book. The school opened in 1993, and this fall it's celebrating a milestone anniversary. For a number of years, the bookbinding program was a part of the AHA school, Daniel Tucker, the AHA's founder, was friends with the internationally known binder Tini Mira, who began traveling to Telluride to teach classes. Such was her legend in the bookbinding community, explained AAB's managing director Chip Schilling. And so from the beginning, students started coming from around the country and around the world to study with her. And the school has stayed here ever since. It's moved a few locations over the years and is now set up in a renovated former horse stable on North Willow Street, where the windows open to the sounds of the quiet street, the mountain air, 
and the soft tones of birdsong in the day outside. The sense of pilgrimage, the devout focus, the essence of magic which naturally exists in this landscape, all have made the experience of studying in Telluride unique. But, recognizes Garrity, there is a downside to being an internationally recognized school in such a far-flung location. Because, as you say, you can't get there from here. It's expensive, and it's something that we're having to contend with. We're one of maybe one of three schools you can go to. So, in the world. Yeah, in the world. So if you want to go to the highest level of training, this is where you come. Students brave the housing crunch, the altitude, the expense, the isolation. Don Gleister at 78 has been binding for far longer than the AAB has been around. He directs the fine binding program at the school and spends some eight weeks each year in Telluride teaching courses. Recognizing their sacrifice and thinking of his students, Gleister says, I think they're kind of like searchers, you know, seekers. And, uh, Sometimes it just really clicks, and then they're like junkies, and it, it's over. You know, they just don't go however far they have to go. And I mean, I that was with me. I mean, I didn't have any money, you know, and I, I was just as junky like everybody else. As the AAB marks its 30th year, Schilling posits the mission and the ethos of this tiny school high in the mountains all relates back to that community of junkies. If we, if AAB can be a resource for them to move forward in their careers and support them, that's what we need to be. Um, it's just be a, you know, an advocate for all the binders in the world. And for that worldwide community of craftspeople, they'll always have a home here in Telluride should they be able to make the journey. Yeah, I love books, so yeah. You know, any way to make them. The Bookbinding Academy is marking its birthday all weekend. First up is a presentation and viewing of a first folio edition of Shakespeare's collected works on Thursday the 7th at 5.30 p.m. at the Wilkinson Library. Then, on Saturday, September 9th, the school will hold an open house and bookbinding presentation at its building on North Willow Street from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. with an evening reception at Bruno to follow. For more details, visit bookbindingacademy.org. The final act in the singer-songwrite series is upon us. All summer, Telluride Arts has been showcasing local musicians, and it's closing out the season with Sean Mahoney, featuring Chris Arndt and the Flatliner Orchestra. Mahoney is a local musical theater writer. His rock musical about the 1840s Lowell Mills, Factory Girls, just finished a second tour in Japan, and his country hip-hop production about Butch Cassidy's first bank robbery, The Invincible Three, premiered last year at the Silver Bell Mine in Ophir. Mahoney's Night of Music will feature songs from throughout his catalog, along with other local musicians and singers. The Sean Mahoney Summer Singer-Songwrite Concert will take place at the Telluride Arts HQ Gallery on Friday, September 8th at 7 p.m. Doors and an opening act are at 6.30. Tickets are available at telluridearts.org. 
Seatbelt use in Colorado is approaching 90 percent, and according to annual surveys conducted by the state's Department of Transportation, 2023 marks the highest level of seatbelt use on record, 88.6 percent to be exact. The prior record was notched in 2019 at 88.3% of drivers and passengers, but the state more typically records seatbelt use rates in the mid-80s. Although it's been a great year for seatbelts in Colorado, the state still lags behind the national average, which finds about 92% of car users buckling up. At the same time, Colorado traffic deaths have been increasing over the years. The state recorded a record number of fatalities in 2022. The Colorado Attorney General's office has launched a new education initiative focused on the deadly opioid fentanyl. KOTO's Lucas Brady Woods reports it's targeted towards Colorado's teens. The statewide education campaign called the Connect Effect is focused on raising awareness around the misuse of prescription pills among young people. The campaign highlights ways that Colorado teens can look out for each other when it comes to using dangerous substances. It also includes resources for parents and other trusted adults. Kent McLennan runs the advocacy group Rise Above Colorado, which is working on the campaign. Most youth really want to help their friends. Can we turn that into a, a piece where youth feel like they have the power to influence their friends and make sure that they're making healthy choices? The U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration seized almost 60 million fentanyl-laced pills in 2022, more than double the year before. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Denver. Last Friday, Colorado released a review of the historic Native American boarding schools in the state. As KSUT and KSJD's Clark Adamitis reports for Rocky Mountain Community Radio, the new summary mostly contains what is already known about these schools. Beginning in the late 1800s, the U.S. operated a network of Native American boarding schools across the country. The schools were a systematic effort to strip Native American children of their culture. Colorado had at least four federally operated boarding schools, including the historic Fort Lewis School in Hesperus and one in Grand Junction. At first glance, Colorado's latest report doesn't reveal anything new. The executive summary outlines the living conditions at these schools. The recommendations focus on strategies to involve and consult with tribal nations in the state's ongoing review. One much-anticipated finding that is not yet available is more detail on how many students died at these schools. Last year, Colorado used radar technology to search for grave sites at the historic Fort Lewis site and at the Teller School in Grand Junction. The new summary does not provide any information on these geophysical studies. While Colorado has shared its results with tribal governments, the state will make the results public in early October. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a mostly clear night tonight with a low in the mid-40s. Thursday calls for a breezy day and sunny skies with a high in the low 70s, followed by a clear night with a low around 45. Friday, expect sunny skies with a high near 75 degrees. Friday night should be mostly clear with a low near 50 degrees. This has been the news for Wednesday, September 6th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.